If you're doing any online shopping this St. Patrick's Day and you don't want to spend all your green, get the best deals on everything you need at Amazon.com. Find everything under the sun and much, much more. And help support Rob as a podcast when you start your shopping at robaswebsite.com slash Amazon or for our friends in Canada, robaswebsite.com slash Amazon CA. Coming to you live from my apartment, which is the name of my studio. It's Rob as a podcast. And now here's the guy who is suffering from an extreme case of March plantness. Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And I am back here in the studio ready to talk about some survivor voicemails, which we didn't get to during the week. Last week, of course, I went to New York for the live know-it-alls and my cousin's wedding. But now... I am back here, ready to get going, and ready to continue our ongoing coverage of Survivor 30. And here with me is a man who I spent a lot of time talking with over the last two weeks. He was my co-host on our post-show recaps of House of Cards. Here he is, joining us on the Survivor Podcast to talk about your voicemails. Here's Mr. Zach Brooks. Rob, America Works got me a new job. Welcome to you. Yes. America Works is going to get you on Survivor voicemails. All right. I will try to keep my, of course, no House of Cards spoilers uh, coming up here. Uh, But if you do want to hear Zach and I talk about all 13 episodes of this past season of House of Cards. Also, we did the full podcast for season two of House of Cards. All that's on post-show recaps. Uh, You can go ahead and uh, check that out as well. If you want to subscribe to that podcast, go to postshowrecaps.com slash H-O-C iTunes. All right, Zach, how you doing? Oh, I'm pumped up. I'm excited. Yes. Okay. Pumped up. I know we saw you in New York. You were at the live know-it-alls show. You live in the D.C. area. How was your trip back home? Oh, the trip back was fine. Uh, the trip up, our bus was delayed by like an hour, but okay. coming back was easy. All right. And you had a good time in New York? Yeah, I had a great time. It was so much fun getting to meet lots of people who I've like tweeted with or listened to in my earbuds. Uh, it was cool to actually put some faces to the voices. Good. And lots of fun in New York. And now people are tweeting me up the wazoo about a Chicago event. Well, I mean, I'm from Michigan originally, so I could make a Chicago event. I'd be down. You think it would play? Oh, I think it'd be great. I think it would play anywhere. I think you could do like an Iowa event and people would come. <laughs> Yes. Well, they're busy in Iowa. They're getting ready for all the candidates to come in. Yeah, you can hop on that. You can hop on that bandwagon. <laughs> should some candidate who is really trying to get some support, should they cons- consider adding me to their ticket? Like the White House know-it-alls? <laughs> no, like the worst. <laughs> the worst candidate that's no traction whatsoever. Could they get uh could they get a, a, a ripple from the RHAP bump? Oh, I mean, you know, especially if you released a podcast every day leading up to the election. <laughs> yeah, of course, that is exactly what we're doing on our road to the podcast award series where we are getting ready. About a week remains in voting for the podcast awards, and we would greatly appreciate your support as we are nominated for not one, but two podcast awards for best entertainment and the championship of the podcasting world, the People's Choice Podcast of the Year. Very exciting stuff. That's not the best overall, right? It was people's <laughs> choice. Yes. Sexiest podcast. Was that what Nicole thought it was? <laughs> no. Uh, yes. We, I asked Nicole, uh, we've been doing these series for the last 14 days. Uh, if she could name what were the two awards that I'm nominated for uh, this morning, 
on the most recent Road to Podcast Awards, and uh, she struggled with that predictably. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, it's okay. good two minutes. <laughs> All right, it was very fun. Yes, and, and anytime uh, I could give her a good two minutes, yada yada yada. All right, so <laughs> Zach, we're here to talk about the voicemails. Of course, I spoke with Spencer on thursday morning and we talked about what happened in the episode but we didn't get a chance to talk about the voicemails so we're going to do that the first of two voicemail segments coming up on a big survivor week it's a two-hour survivor podcast this week we'll have our live know-it-alls one hour later at 10 15 p.m i saw the commercials uh during sports yesterday and they said it was a two-hour survivor event coming up Oh man, it's an event. You gotta be there. <laughs> Survivor event. So check out our one hour know it alls event. That's gonna be Wednesday at ten fifteen PM Eastern. And then I also have been told I will be having uh two exit interviews on Thursday morning. So uh look for that as well. And then I will have our big recap podcast with Dale and Kelly Wentworth. It's a podcast event. Two guests. Wentworth sandwich. <laughs> I don't, is it a sandwich? I don't know about that. Yeah, I guess it's not really a sandwich. Yes, it's more of a uh, double stack Wentworth. Yeah, it's a double you're Wentworth. The, you're the butter or the syrup on top. I don't know. I don't know what, what that is, but we will be speaking with uh, two Wentworths, one podcast. There you go. That's the hashtag already. <laughs> All right. So we'll do that on Thursday coming up. So this is uh, going to be a, another big week. Okay, so. Zach, uh, we're getting into the voicemails, but I thought it might be a fun game to play. I know that you are a uh, big college basketball guy. Huge. This you, is my favorite time of year. Your favorite time of year. I know you're all you're all pumped up uh, right now as we're recording. This is Selection Monday. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think they actually have a name for it, like Bracket Monday or Bracket like Monday. Everybody's filling out their brackets. No pr- all right. Yeah, office not productivity Monday. I think is another something like that. <laughs> Good. There's a name for it. Well, that's a perfect day for Rob has a podcast because I thought it might be fun. Of course, uh, you know everybody is trying to fill out the brackets, and you know you have the four fields of sixteen. Um, now we're down to fifteen players on this Survivor season, but I thought it might be fun if you and I filled out our RHAP Survivor bracket and filled out our field of sixteen remaining here on survivor one world yeah i like it i'm sorry survivor worlds apart my my bad my bad i like it even more <laughs> yes even it's an even better idea to talk about the season that's going on so here's what i want to do all right so let's figure out the seating um and uh i don't know if we have to fill out the bracket because i feel like uh but we, we could do that too i guess depending how fast this moves along but i think the seating is going to be much more interesting now of course um i think we have to eliminate so Kim. So Kim is going to be out. Okay. Okay. She's yeah. out. She's the 18th seed and she's on the outside looking in. She's in the NIT. Yeah. She got the NIT bid. Congrats. She's going to the NIT. Um, and, uh, her and, uh, Malcolm will be in the NIT. Yep. Have fun together. Have fun together. <laughs> All right. So what I want to do is let's, let's figure out the seating of the remaining players in the game. So what we have seven, the 17 or the 15 that are still okay, left. And in then the what I want to have first off, so 16, I'm going to have uh, Nina and Vince square off in the play in game. Oh, oh, the, uh, the opening round. <laughs> yes. Yes. So what do you think of that? Yeah, that that's uh, I always say I'm not going to watch the play in games and I always do. So okay. I'm down with that number. So, so are we going to just uh, tell us who the number one is? Or are we going to rank from the bottom up? I think we should go bottom up. 
Okay, let's do Add some suspense. Add some suspense. Okay, so Nina plays Vince in the uh, in the one sixteen game. Okay, so that's in the sixteen sixteen game. Uh, I'm sorry, playing that's game. right, that's right. <laughs> Nina or Vince. Okay, so who's number fifteen? That's going to square off against the number two seed. I think it's got to be Will Sims. Will Sims too. All right, now are we factoring this considering what could happen with a swap, or do we feel like he's uh, not looking good either way? Uh, I think we should say what it's like as of right now, because a swap is just going to make it like extremely complicated. Okay, we I think can, we, we can factor, factor in a swap. In. I think we could say like, oh, he's doing bad now, but post swap he could be pretty good. So he could be a Cinderella post swap. Yes, he could be a Cinderella. That's right, Cinderella Will Sims too. All right. Yes. Okay. So that is uh, that is Will Sims. So that uh, so we'll have him as fifteen. Fifteen is Will. Who's fourteen? Who's the next worst? Uh, I think it's Dan Foley. Dan. <laughs> is he worse than Mike? I think so. Mike was my winner pick. Okay. So, yeah, you know, I got I got to roll with Mike just a little bit, even though I don't think he's going to win anymore. Okay, we'll keep rolling with him. Okay, who's 13? Oh, 13. Um, even though her cousin came to live know-it-alls, I feel like. Uh, uh, oh, no, I loved her cousin. Her cousin was so cool. Oh, her cousin was cool, but I'm not sure if she's in a great spot. You gotta got cousin points. Uh. All right, yeah, we can we can put her at fourteen because I feel like the swap could be problematic also because I feel like that Shireen is not so great right now, but I feel like she could be in a worse situation. Like I feel like what's sort of saving her is the alliances that she has, and after a swap, they could say, okay, well, she's not really going to be somebody who's strong in the challenges, even though she did do well in that water challenge. Yeah. I don't know. She seems like a savvy player, though, and I think she might she might work the swap all right. Okay. Um, I think the swap actually could benefit her. Okay, well, she could be uh, pull off an upset in the tournament. Yeah, it happens. Okay, who's 12? Uh, 12, let's see. Uh, maybe Lindsay uh, or Lindsay. Mike? Hmm. Well, Lindsay at least has allies where Mike is pissing people off. And the 12 upsets the five. Every year there's a 12 that upsets the five. Okay, so, so we'll see. We'll put my winner pick there. Maybe you can pull the upset. All right. We'll see how that goes. All right. So we'll put, let's put Lindsay at 12 for the sake of, of moving this exercise along. All right. Who's at 11? Uh, you know, just because we haven't seen her at all, maybe Sierra. Yeah. I feel like, uh, yeah, we have the invisible, uh, blue collar people. Yeah. And I think feel like Kelly can't be far behind. Yeah. That's, I think that's true. Well, actually, I think we have to put Mike below, I know no, he's we, put Mike, Mike, we put Mike at the 12, right? No, I had Lindsay at 12, but you want Mike? Mike is at 12? Yeah, Mike at 12. Okay. Lindsay is 11. Yeah. Sierra is 10. Well, I do kind of like Sierra versus Kelly in the 8-9 spot because oh, they're, they're, they're kind of similar. Huge. That would be huge. Okay, so let's see if we could stack that where we have... Uh, so who's 8? Eight? 8 is Kelly and 9 is Sierra? Yeah. All right, so, who, so now we have to shoehorn somebody in for the 10 slot. For the 10. Um, and I got a couple ideas. I got Rodney. Yeah. I got Walk. Yeah, let's put Walk in there. All right. All right Walk is 10. Sierra is 9. Uh, Kelly is 8. And then you want to get to Rodney at 7? Yeah, I like Rodney at 7. Boy. Okay, so, all right, top six, baby. Top six. Uh, so who do we got left? We have the three no-collar people left. Yes. And, and Max... Tyler and who's this? Oh, and Carolyn. Yes. All right. I think that, um, boy, have we told I think those, I think those no collar people are in trouble if they get split up in the swap. 
Yeah, I think so as well. So we have uh, we have Max, the we have already Carolyn, out. and we have Tyler. Yeah, so's already out, Rob. <laughs> yeah, so is out. So is out. She's in the NIT. And yeah. then we also have so we have Max, Carolyn, Tyler, and then we have Joe, Haley, and Jen. I feel like yes. Haley and Jen are uh, kind of high up here in top six. I feel like yeah. we can slot them at five, six. Okay, I'm all right with that. All right, who's the five? Who's the six? Oh, let's go with Haley at the five, Jen at the six. Haley is at the five. Jen is at the six. I might swap them, but I'm not going to nitpick. I, I only like that because we get a Haley versus Mike matchup in the first round. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then let's go. Who's our top four? Uh, Car- and Carolyn has an immunity idol. Yeah. So Max is four. Max is four. Okay. And then uh, three is who? I feel like the immunity idol, especially in a swap where nobody knows she has it. Mm-hmm. That really helps Carolyn out. So, I'm going to say Joe at three. Joe is at three. Carolyn is at two. And Tyler is at one. Yeah, I like that. Okay. All right. All right. So let's let's look at our matchups here and figure out who's figure out who's advancing. All, All right. right. All right. In our one. Okay. So who's advancing Nina or Vince? I'm going to advance Vince because Vince just would have been such good TV if he could have stuck around. Yes. I think that it's Vince over Nina. I think that it's almost like going to Redemption Island. He gets to come back. So he's back in and he squares off against Tyler. One sixteen for all the coconuts. Yes. Okay. Who's advancing? Uh, Tyler. <laughs> the sixteen's never beaten the one. For those of you who don't know how to fill out a bracket, there's your one tip. Sixteen's never beaten a one and it's probably not going to happen this year. But what if it was Tyler versus Vince? Uh, I still think Tyler wins. Okay. All right. So our nine eight matchup is Sierra versus Kelly. Oh, man. This is just a coin flip. This is why 9-8 is always a coin flip. Uh, yeah. We've seen Kelly more yeah, I than think we've it's seen Kelly. Sierra. I think yeah. it's Kelly. Not so purple Kelly. Not so purple Kelly. Okay, they they advance. Okay, our next matchup is what? Uh, so that is our 5-12. Okay. So that's, that's our Mike versus Haley. Mike versus Haley. <laughs> I'm going Mike. Yeah. Mike works hard. He's going to be good in the challenges. I like Mike. I like it. Wow. (laughs) Upset city. There we go. I worked hard. I got an upset. (laughs) He had an upset stomach when he ate the, uh, (laughs) when he ate the lizard or the scorpion. All right. Uh, now this is our 13, four game. Yeah. So you got to remind me who we had at four. We had max at four, right? Sure. Oh, Shireen versus max. First round matchup. Oh boy. Oh, this is this is like Kentucky versus Louisville or, or Indiana versus Purdue. This is great. Wow. Okay. Uh Shireen versus Max. Who you got? Oh. I, I'm going, I'm getting the Shireen cousin bump. I want to go Shireen. <laughs> Shireen knocks think? off Max. Boy. Uh I don't think you see a lot of uh four uh thirteen upsets. It happens from time to time. Happens from time to time, though. But I don't know. Max has almost been Hardly seen in the last episode. Shireen, I felt like there was some negative vibes coming her way in the episode. I don't know. I thought the I thought her uh, monkey sex stuff, which I'm sure we'll talk about at length today. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was funny. It painted her as kind of a quirky character. Uh, we're not seeing any of Max except all of Max. So <laughs> I don't know. I feel like uh, I, I have a hard time seeing where Max is voted out in these next uh, in this two hour survivor event. Yeah, I, I mean, he's probably sticking around. All right, 
I mean, we can go with Max. Yeah, I think it's... We got to compromise at some point. We got to compromise. Okay. All right. Uh, Next one is... This is now 314? Uh, This is 611. 611. Okay. All right. So who do we have at 6? 611. This is Jen versus Lindsay. Ooh. And Jen was the 6? Jen is the 6th seed. Yeah, I think Jen. Okay. So Jen moves on. Okay. Now what's our next matchup? Now we have our 314. Okay, our 314. This is now Joe versus Dan Foley. Oh, what a matchup. Yeah. Uh I don't know. You think you think Dan can you think Dan can pull the upset here? Mm, no. <laughs> no, I do. You think not. Dan makes some some bad jokes on his way out? Yes, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. I think that's about right. Okay, so Joe advances. Uh who's next? Uh, next, we have our seven ten. Seven ten. That is uh, Rodney is seven versus Joaquin. Oh wow, what a matchup! Walk versus Rod. Yes, yes. Okay, who do you got? Oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be a battle. This is gonna be one of those overtime matchups that's just that everybody's watching. Everybody's on the edge of their seat, and uh, I think Walk pulls it out. Wow, Walk. Moving on. I think I think Walk is going to be able to slick talk his way when he gets with some new people after the tra- after the swap. All right, and then this is the big fifteen two matchup. This is Carolyn versus Will Sims two. <laughs> Ironically, uh, Carolyn is the two seed. So this yeah. is this is Carolyn versus Will Sims fifteen seed. <laughs> uh, Carolyn. Okay. I mean, immunity Idol. I mean, that's that's like a buy. You know, that's she's moving on. All right, here we go. So now this is uh, in. Our top part of the bracket, we have Tyler, the one seed, versus Kelly, the eight seed. I think Tyler's still moving on. Tyler heads to the final four. Uh, now we have it's Mike, who is the upset special, the 12 seed. He's moved on. He's facing Max, who's number four seed. Oh, man. The Scorpion versus the Professor. Uh, I don't know. I probably, probably Max, but I, I like Mike. Mike could do it. Mm, I think that's quite a Cinderella story to move on from the 12th seed. Eh, you know, it's not midnight yet. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Let's move we'll, Max. We'll move Max. He's going to move on to the final four in the brackets. All right. Jen, who's the six seed versus Joe. Who's the three seed. Oh man. A battle of the Alliance. Yeah. Uh, I think Joe is seen as more of a threat than Jen. Jen might be able to float her way. You like Jen and the upset special over Joe. I mean, I don't want it to be all the top four seeds at the end. That's no fun. Okay. <laughs> so, That's like how I fill up my brackets a lot. I'm like, oh, I got too many. I got too much chalk in this bracket. I got to pick a couple up. All right. So Jen advances over Joe and Joaquin versus Carolyn. The two seed versus the uh, 10 seed. Oh, man. Uh, you know, this one, this one could go either way. Carolyn's got the immunity idol. Nobody knows. Uh, Joaquin's definitely seen as more of a threat. So. Uh, let's go, Carolyn. Okay, here we go. Okay, final four matchup. Who's going to go for the championship? Tyler versus Max. Brain versus Brain. Oh, man. The Battle one of the seed Alliance. versus the four seed. I think the one seed's rolling on. Okay, Tyler is rolling along. And then it's Jen versus Carolyn. Uh, I think that immunity idol luck runs out. I think Jen. Wow, Jen. What, is, what a story. They go from the sixth seed, and then it's Tyler versus Jen in the championship. Yeah, wait till you see Who's Jen's Cinderella. Down the nets? Yeah, she's going to have a Cinderella run in Miss Survivor next year, I think, too. <laughs> wow. You're saying Jen over Tyler? No, I think Tyler's wins. Okay, the but... one seed wins it all. 
Yeah, the one seed, right. just like the, how it's going to be this year. The one seed wins it all. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know if that was fun or not. What, was that fun? Yeah, I think I think we needed a third person to, to balance <laughs> out the ties. But <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have just made the bracket and let people decide. Yeah, well, you know, people can tell us in the comments that we're wrong. That's okay, fine. I'm sure they will. All right, so before we get to the voicemails now, I just want to take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at Bomba's Socks. And boy, uh, you definitely could use socks, uh, not only when you're out there on Survivor because it's cold, but uh, anytime. You got to keep those feet warm. Yeah, and you know, Bombas are great. I got a lot of pairs of Bombas. And Zach, you were telling me before the show, you are an actual fan of Bombas. This is not product placement. No, I've bought maybe six or eight pair of Bombas socks. Why? They're great. They look cool. They're comfortable. They're, uh, I feel like I, I, you know, like to wear them when I work out. They're great for working out. So yeah. Why? What is it? So that's so good about them. Let people know that you're being serious. I really am serious. They have, um, I mean, I don't know all of the features that they have. I don't remember their whole spiel, but they have the ankle support yes. and, uh, the moisture wicking technology, I think is part of what they Honeycomb have. Honeycomb stitching. It really is honeycomb. Yes. Yes, that's right. And yeah. so they keep the socks up where they're supposed to be and make sure that the toe seam is always in the right place. Uh, and they make sure that they feel great and uh, stay with you the whole day. Yeah, no, they're they're great. And I've been wearing them to the gym for months now and, and they don't smell or anything. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. It's the no smell, no tell sock. No smell zone. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, go ahead and check out a pair of Bombas. They're going to feel great on your feet all day. And they don't only feel great. They also help people out because with every pair of Bombas that you buy, they're going to donate a pair to somebody in need because socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. So right now, if you go ahead and for a limited time, they are going to give you 20% off your first order with free shipping. Go to bombas.com slash RHAP. So get 20% off on the most comfortable socks on the planet and get a pair to someone who's in need. Go to bombas.com slash RHAP. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash RHAP. All right, Zach, are you ready to get into the Survivor voicemails? Oh, yeah. I am excited to hear what the listeners have to say. All right. Since we're talking to a Zach, it's only appropriate that we start with another Zach. Here is Zach Sinclair. Oh. Hi, Rob. This is Zach from Sydney, Australia. After the first episode, there was a lot of speculation that Messiah were going to self-destruct. But since then, Nagaroti have lost the next two challenges. If they lose a third, does that mean the Sapoga curse is still alive and kicking? Or was it broken by Messiah's first loss? Love to hear your thoughts. Love you, Bay. Love you, Bay. All right. Thank <laughs> you, Zach. All right. Now, I'm not sure exactly what we're calling the curse of Saboga, but I guess for Zach's sake, let's call it, will one tribe in a three-tribe format always lose three out of the four first challenges? Uh, you know, I think that when you're on a three-tribe format and the tribes are so small... You know, when you start losing and you start losing members, it just takes so much more manpower to work around camp and you're using so much more energy and possibly getting less food. Uh, I think, you know, it's hard to stop the skid. Yeah. And to be fair, Saboga, while they lost the first two challenges, then Jenna Maraska quit. And I don't remember what happened, but I think that they actually won a challenge. Um, they actually did probably the best of the worst tribes of the three tribe format, because then you have Matt Singh who just totally got shut out. They went to tribal council every single time before the vote. And then 
We have in uh, Survivor Kagiyan, we had the Brains Tribe lose three out of four. So I'm not sure if there really is a curse of Saboga. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it the curse of Saboga. I think it's just being on the wrong end of the three tribe format. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the fourth person to go home before the tribe swap will be somebody from the no collar tribe? I think we're losing a blue collar. Blue collar. Okay. I think they've been, you know, they've been showing the blue collar really have problems with each other so much. I think that's got to be leading to something would be my, my read on it. But good. I'm glad you brought this up because we had a lot of questions about this very issue. So let's go to our next one. And this is from Andrew Brockman. Hey Rob, let's talk about intentionally met singing with blue collar being so dysfunctional as we saw in the last episode. Isn't it better for white and no collar to throw this next challenge so they can get rid of that one player on their tribe. That's not loyal to the Alliance with white collar being Shirin with no collar being will. And if this is the case, could we see a battle of who can throw the challenge harder next episode so they can get rid of that liability before the swap hits? Let me know what you think. Bye. Okay. So should the other two tribes, the white collar and blue collar, should they be thinking about trying to go to tribal council here? Uh, and let me just play this other voicemail from Jordan, which is on the same subject. What's up, Rob? It's Jordan from Vancouver. Tell me I'm wrong, if I am. But the blue collar tribe is the perfect example of a tribe that needs to go to tribal council before the merge takes place to work out some issues. Love to hear your thoughts. Love the podcast. Bye. So let's specifically frame this conversation in terms of the blue collar tribe. Do you think the blue collar tribe should try to intentionally go to tribal council here to work out whatever issues they have and get rid of anybody that is causing problems for them? Or is that getting too cute, Zach? Uh, it's way too cute. I think too that, hot uh, or too cute? Too cute. Not hot. Okay. I think that I think blue collar needs to ride the ride it strong. They don't want the Eliza tweets about them uh, them trying to lose. Eliza's going to be mad if they try to throw the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you know, ride it out, blue collar. It seems like their problems are are really you know they're, they're really just personality clashes more than huge huge problems. I mean, compared to some of the other problems we've seen on Survivor in the past. Um, yeah. But if we do see white and no collar both trying to lose, it could be. It would remind me of when the uh, the Brains Tribe was trying to throw that challenge when Spencer was shooting baskets against Cliff Robinson. Well, the, uh, Braun was trying to throw the challenge, and Brains Braun. was so bad that they couldn't even win when the other tribe was starting to try to throw the challenge. Yeah, that was the scenario. Yeah, but that, I, I remember that was hilarious. Yeah, that. that would be hilarious. Um. So if you're Rodney and the three women, you don't think it's a good idea to maybe throw the challenge and get rid of Dan and Mike since they are probably going to turn against you once the swap happens? I mean, you just don't know how it's going to shake out. It, I, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing to go to tribal council. It's one of those where if you lose, it's like, oh, you know, that's all right. You know, we can get rid of one of these guys. But I just don't think you should try to get rid of them. You know, the problem is for that particular scenario to happen. I think those are probably the four players out of any four players in the game. That's like the worst combination for them to be able to predict what's going on. That's like the only group of four people that you can come up with of people that just don't know the show at all between Sierra, Kelly, Lindsay and Rodney. So if you had like the brain stripe coming up with that, like, you know, like Max and Shereen are like, okay, well, obviously the swap is coming up after the fourth person voted off. Whereas 
you have those four people who really don't know the show particularly well. So they are probably not able to predict what's coming. Yeah. And, and Dan does know the show really well because yeah, he applied Dan and so Mike do, but yeah. I don't think that the other four do. No, I, I don't think so. And I think, you know, if Dan's getting on everybody's nerves so bad on the on the uh, blue collar tribe, he's going to get on everybody's nerves nerves after the tribe swap. I don't think it's going to be any different. OK, let's take another question here and let's go to Tim who has a question about something a little bit different in the edit this season as opposed to some of the more recent seasons that we've seen. You ready? Yep. Hey, Rob, it's Tim from Ohio. The season's been interesting in that it's really been edited sort of like an older season where a lot of the focus is on camp life and camp drama rather than strategy. Do you prefer the style editing? Why do you think Survivor's doing this in season 30? Thanks. All right, Zach. So... I touched on this a little bit with Steven, I think, during the know-it-alls, the idea of strategy versus character scenes. And so I'm interested to know from you, have you noticed this as well? And do you think this was a conscious decision on the part of the editors? Uh, I don't know if it was conscious. I've I've noticed it definitely on Blue Collar, we're seeing more of that. Um, I still think we're seeing a lot of strategy on on the White Collar tribe. Uh, and so I don't know if it was it's necessarily something that they're intentionally doing or, or they're just working with kind of what they have. But the storyline they have is that Mike is working hard. Mike is going to get wood and and is mad that nobody else is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just a byproduct of there not being a ton of strategic things happening right now. I think on the blue collar tribe, there's just not it doesn't seem like there's much strategy. I haven't seen I haven't seen much strategy from anybody on that tribe. Yeah. And I do like that we're getting the character scenes. I do think that stuff is going to pay dividends down the road. I think the other thing that you're noticing is that there have been no reward challenges so far this season. So as opposed to a season where we have either Redemption Island or we have the, you know, Hero Arena Duel or Exile Island, all that stuff is gone. We strip that all away. And which is something that I've been asking for for a long time. Like, let's just strip it down get rid of the fluff and let's get to really know these characters. So as opposed to maybe just like, you know, the first act, the third act, and then the act that happens after the immunity challenge being about what's going on at camp. And then us having, you know, that second act where we are seeing the um, reward challenge or the hero arena where people are going to fight and then have another scene. That's just about what's going on at exile Island. We're seeing all this about what's going on, with the tribes, you know, living their camp life. And I think that's a really interesting thing. I wouldn't be surprised if we see our first reward challenge happen when we get down to two tribes. Yeah, after the swap. Yes. And I'm trying to remember if they did this on Survivor Kagiyan or not. Do you remember, did we have reward challenges on Survivor Kagiyan? I don't remember, but this, it definitely, the pacing of the episodes feels different with no reward challenge. Yeah. Um, So so I want to say this is a new thing. I also I, I like say for sure. that they've done with the edit where in every sort of act break where, you know, in between a, you know, commercials, they have kept it to we're really just seeing what's going on in two camps, like as opposed to where a lot of times in the three tribe format previously, they went ahead and we see like a little bit of what's going on at each of the three camps where they've sort of worked it out where we're seeing what's going on in only two camps and we've had a longer uh, space or a longer amount of time with each of the tribes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And we're seeing, you know, each scene is very focused on one thing, whether it's the white collar tribe searching for the idol, 
or the big blow up at the blue collar tribe or body surfing at the no collar tribe. It's, it's very focused what each of the scenes for each of the camps is. Uh, and, and I think another byproduct of not having the reward challenge is that we're also not seeing a scene of the tribe enjoying the reward, mm-hmm. which is what we're used to seeing. Yeah. It looks like to me in Survivor Kagiyan, uh, there were no reward challenges in the first three episodes. Uh, then there was a reward challenge that was in uh, the fourth episode, before the, which was the only one before the swap. So the only one okay. time did they have a reward challenge. Uh, before so they've stuck with this format in the first three episodes of survivor kagiyan although the first two were part of one episode it was a one you know one two hour block mm-hmm. so do you think we're going to see a reward challenge in this fourth episode i'd be surprised i feel like why don't we just ride it out with the two tribes but so i don't think it's necessarily a conscious shift of hey let's do more character scenes i just think that you're noticing them more because we're really getting to know these characters here. You know, there's only 15 people left and we're spending more time with them. And so we have a better sense of who these people are with the exception of Sierra and Kelly. Yeah. And I think nobody knows who they are. I feel like the scenes are very intense too. And I don't know if it was just because I was watching the episode at the live know-it-alls surrounded by 300 people, but I felt like every line was delivered with a lot of passion and, and the stuff that was funny was really funny. And the stuff that was, uh, was really dramatic, really hit. So, um, and I watched the episode again last night, and and I still kind of felt that power in each scene more than I more than I feel like I usually do when I watch an episode of Survivor. Yeah, it was really fun watching in the room with everybody. You know, Survivor really does play well in front of an audience. Like it really does. Like the jokes hit, and you hear the room laughing, and like you know somebody like will get hit with something in the immunity challenges, and the audience like totally reacts. And so it really does play well in front of an audience that not a lot of TV shows necessarily would. Yeah. Is that what watching at a finale is like? Yes. Yeah. It's very close to the finale atmosphere and it's really fun. You know, that that's probably the only other time that you get to see that outside of something like the live know-it-alls where, you know, you're watching the episode with that big group of people. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed watching it in, in that kind of atmosphere. It's totally different than what I'm used to. Yeah. Very different. All right. Uh, let's take a question here from Daniel, the uh, young lad, Ladiano. Hey, Rob, guess who's back? Me. So here's my question for you. So I'm going to the Survival Worlds Apart Wikipedia page and notice there's one name in the whole cast that's actually clickable Tyler Fredrickson. And lo and behold, I find out that this guy was a professional football player apparently now i don't know much history about football because you're the aficionado between the two of us but i'm surprised this hasn't been brought up in the show so far i mean they made a big deal about cliff robinson jeff kent uh, even gary hogaboom which i know doesn't play anymore but the point i'm trying to say is that how come it hasn't been brought up how come tyler is able to just you know fly in the radar when it comes to being an athlete and no one has mentioned it or recognized him so far and my other part of this question is, do you think that Tyler would actually be able to break the athlete curse and move pretty far in the game? So far, he's doing well. I just want to see what you think. Thank you very much. And as always, <clears throat> take care. Now, do you think that that Tyler was able to do so well in our bracket because he's an athlete? Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of ex-athletes on Survivor, especially ex-college athletes. Mm-hmm. Last season, we had John Mish, who went to my university, Michigan State. Um, and that, that wasn't, there, it wasn't, right? <laughs> it wasn't, uh, it wasn't brought up 
with <laughs> that he was the that he was the guy. Yeah. Um, so, do you think that Tyler will be able to go through the game without anybody recognizing him as a uh, college professional kicker? I mean, he's a kicker. Nobody knows what the kickers <laughs> look like. <laughs> you don't think there'll be like a Danny Boatwright type scene where somebody will say, "Like, hey, uh, did you go to USC? Are you <laughs> Tyler Fredrickson, the kicker?" USC? didn't he go to cal uh, no uh, i went to usc but uh i didn't i didn't uh kick for them yeah i mean i just kicked you know just kick things down the street i kicked kick, things down the street i kicked some ass that's for sure <laughs> i was in a field goal kicking contest at the pro bowl uh <laughs> you know i, I tried to kick a 50 yard field goal uh to win a car but i never i didn't kick for usc but didn't he go to cal Oh, did, oh did, did I have that backwards? Yeah, I think he went to Cal. Okay, let's let's double check that because that could all be... the all the Cal fans are, are you know yelling at their iPhones right okay. now. Tyler uh, Fredrickson, survivor kicker, and the, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. He beat USC. Oh my god. Uh, oh man. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, we're, I, there's a flood of emails coming in already. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I got that wrong. All right. Uh, yeah, I didn't go to Cal, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely did not kick at USC. My friend, there's one thing I did not do. It's, I did not kick at USC. My friend Marilyn Mad Dog uh, Hershey calls me Cal, uh, but that's not my name. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so I again, nobody recognizes Tyler because nobody cares about a kicker. I mean, what kicker would have to be on Survivor? for people to make a big deal. Like, I mean, the, like Adam Vinatieri is Adam probably Vinatieri the most famous kicker. The most famous <laughs> kicker. And could anybody outside of Boston uh, pick Adam Vinatieri out of the lineup? No, I mean, you know, it, most football players, unless they're the quarterback and, and, you know, some of the receivers and running backs, I mean, you don't know what these guys look like. You couldn't pick them out of the lineup. But the difference is guys who aren't kickers are huge guys. Yeah. I mean, kickers are, if they're kickers, are, I guess they're taller and their legs are really strong, but this isn't like a huge built guy. Do you think we will see uh, Tyler's kicking prowess show up in any challenge this season? Will there be, be a, a five unfair. hole challenge? That'd be really unfair. Yeah. I mean, have the, I'm trying to think of a survivor challenge that involves kicking. No, I mean, I, I mean, they they can do a challenge for just a about place anything. kicking. What about <laughs> what about the thing that they do with like the slingshot, where you have to go and like catch it with like a lacrosse stick? What about instead of instead of kicking or instead of a slingshot, you have like some sort of like a place kicking at the you know uh you know kick the hacky sack you know fifty yards. Will Sims is literally kicking his tribe out of this challenge. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Nick Falk has been the kicker for the Jets for like four or five years now. I could not pick him out of a lineup. No, I mean, unless he has know, a jersey on. Yeah, I, and I've had Nick Falk on my fantasy team, and I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. So yeah, so yeah, there are. I would say zero recognizable kickers, let alone college kickers. Yeah, no, that's there was a kicker, and I I blanking on his name. He, he kicked for the Saints, and he looked he had really curly hair. Yeah, I would say um, uh, the only he was recognizable. recognizable kickers are the Grammatica brothers. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they also have a weird name. It was a Martin Grammatica, right? Yeah, and I think that they got in trouble for alcohol a lot too. <laughs> One of them did. Yes, yes. All right, so uh, no recognizable kickers. All right. 
So let's go ahead and take another question. Uh, here is one from Matt Wojcic. You ready for this? Wants mm-hmm. to talk about Dan's comments. Hello, Rob. It's Matt Wojcic from Mineola. With Dan's recent tirade calling Rodney's mother a whore, I was just wondering, are we going to see him on the next episode of Celebrity Jeopardy? And if he does, what does he need to take for 200 and then 400 and then 1,000, Sestrino? What's the difference between you and a mallet with a cold? One's a sick duck. I can't remember how it ends, but your mother's a whore. (laughs) (laughs) So does that make Rodney the the Alex Trebek of (laughs) Survivor? Oh, man, that that puts a whole new spin on this Rodney guy. Yeah. Now, Rodney, Dan Foley does not look that dissimilar from the uh, celebrity Jeopardy (laughs) Sean Connery. Yeah, that's true, especially, uh, you know, on the most recent SNL, the (laughs) SNL 40. Yes. Could Daryl Hammond play Dan Foley? Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know how I lost my manties now, do you, Trebek? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Dan Foley. So does that mean that Dan Foley could give the SNL intro in like a really boring fashion in, in 10 years? I think so. Just asleep giving the intro? Trebek, did you hear what your mother did to my collar? <laughs> Yes. All right. Uh, so <laughs> took a second. Long way to go. It's a there long it way to go. Um, <laughs> I'd like to hear in the comments uh, some categories that uh, Dan Foley could suggest uh, or could choose on the Celebrity Jeopardy board as well. Who else would be in Celebrity Jeopardy with Dan Foley from this cast? Hmm. All right. So what would it have to be? Are we trying to pick uh, a character that's Turd Ferguson? Uh, yeah, let's let's go that way. <laughs> Boy, um, I'm not sure. Uh, I guess uh, Tarzan is Tarzan Turd Ferguson, or is that uh, being probably too literal? No, that, I mean that's he looks he looks a lot like him. I'm trying to think of some other of the best uh, the best mustached survivors, and hmm. yeah, I think Tarzan is the right way to go there. Yeah, I think that <laughs> works on a lot of different levels for Celebrity yeah. Jeopardy. Um, that might be a, a very fun way to go of casting a celebrity Jeopardy with the survivors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would that would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be funny also to see a survivor like which survivor has treated tribal council most like celebrity Jeopardy, like with Jeff Probst being the Alex Trebek of just like, ah. Uh, this is killing me to be here. Like write down, like you're going to go cast your vote, vote for any survivor. Doesn't matter who it is. Um, I mean, fair play was very disrespectful to Jeff Probst at tribal council. I'm trying to think if there's another person that has been nearly as disrespectful to Jeff. I mean, just in general, the Thailand season, uh, he really did not enjoy those tribal councils. Like when he yells at Clay about writing down the the nickname on the yeah, card. Yeah, yeah, that moment with the Denver diva. That's almost a celebrity jeopardy. Like, uh, like <laughs> whose answer is this? Uh, the, the category was name any person in this tribe, any person at all. Who is Denver diva? <laughs> like, uh, uh, what is Gandia? Uh, wrote down Gandia's name. That's Denver diva. Like, no, 
So Clay is making our celebrity Jeopardy. Yeah, he's kind of the turd Ferguson. (laughs) (laughs) Or just a turd. Yeah. No, there are seasons where Jeff is definitely doing the uh, Will Ferrell, uh, Alex Trebek, uh, exasperated uh, expressions. Okay. How how about Palau? What about pre-merge Palau or pre-tribe being decimated Palau? Yeah, the oolong. I'm trying to think if Jeff was particularly frustrated with them. There's definitely seasons where Jeff hates uh, one of the tribes, but I'm not sure if, if oolong, he'd be really dislike them. Well, I mean, it's like when, you know, it's like in Celebrity Jeopardy when the, they just keep going more and more negative mm-hmm. and he just can't believe what he's seeing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I feel like Fiji has a little bit of that as well. Yeah. Where Vanuatu's got some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where Jeff is just getting exasperated. With yeah. a, with a certain group of people, uh, and, and another tie, Jeff hosted uh, Rock and Roll Jeopardy oh, before he was the host yes, of Survivor. Yes, yes, uh, that's good. Now, is Jeff Probst in the mix to replace uh, the real Alex Trebek? Oh man, I, I bet he'd love that. Yeah, I mean, look, could you imagine that if uh, Alex Trebek was going to step down? And they said, "Well, Jeff Probst, you could stay on the mainland." Uh, is that a possibility that that could derail Survivor? Yeah, but Jeff likes being the Jeff likes being the host, you know, the talk show host. He doesn't want to just be asking questions and only get that that brief time in between segments to talk to the contestants. That's true. That's true. So he wouldn't be like somebody like uh, misses a question like, no, I'm sorry, that's wrong. So how does that feel when you <laughs> have a question that, you know, you thought you knew the answer, but you didn't, you didn't get it right. And so does that, is that the kind of thing where it's like uh, really like uh, makes you upset because you're supposed to be the smart guy? <laughs> the first ever three hour episode of Jeopardy. <laughs> like, uh, Jeff, can we just, uh, can I take, no, no, hey, we're, let's, let's get to the bottom of this. You brought it up. Like, no, I didn't. I just want to get to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit, bit. uh, we're out of time. Sorry. We got all through right. one question. So we have to watch when Blue Collar goes to Tribal Council that we sort of worked this all out that we have to expect, uh, Dan Foley to say something very inappropriate about Jeff Probst's mom the next time he goes to Tribal <laughs> Council. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. I can't remember how it ends, but your mother's a whore. <laughs> that gets a really long applause. Like that's, I mean, that's a funny joke. Yeah. But they, that's like 10 seconds that they're cheering for that joke. Yeah, that's right. They really like it. Really played the audience. <laughs> he plays, he plays it well. All right. Uh, let's take a question here. This is from Jim. And wants to talk about something we've been talking about uh, a bit this season about the Survivor super fans and how they're performing this season. Here's Jim's question. Hi, Rob. Jim Chef from Chicago here. Up to this point, it seems like the super fans of the show, like Max, Shireen, and Dan, haven't played all that well so far. Do you think it's too early to tell whether their knowledge of Survivor will help them in the game? Or is it possible that these three have psyched themselves out already and won't be able to recover? Love the podcast. Thanks. All right, what do you make of this about the idea that the super fans have psyched themselves out and are playing badly? Uh, do you think, is this a thing? I don't know. I mean, we didn't see it with Spencer. Spencer yes. played really well. I mean, he played, you know, he was on a tribe that season, kept losing. This season. But, but this season, um, you know, I don't know. I think this season, they they definitely came in and wanted to to play hard real fast. When we see Max getting naked in the second day. Um, but I don't know. I don't think they played themselves out. I think they've definitely made some mistakes. Yeah, I think we're pouring some dirt on these guys a little too soon. Like, I think that they've made some errors in how they're being perceived. But I think it's hard to say that, you know, Max and Shireen are playing very badly. And I definitely 
there's evidence to say that Shireen hasn't played well, but there's very little evidence to support that Max hasn't played well, you know, other than to say he got naked. And, you know, other than a passing comment from Tyler, we really haven't seen any of the survivors say that they dislike Max or they want to vote him out. You know, we've seen a little, a little bit from Tyler saying, okay, well, this guy is, you know, um, this could be Richard Hatch 2.0. But, I mean, that's kind of a passing comment. Yeah, and I mean, I don't actually think the strategy of Max to want to have a lot of alone time is very smart because you're isolating yourself away from the rest of your tribe and so they can plot and scheme against you. Um, but otherwise, I don't think he's playing a bad game. Yeah, so I don't think the super fans are playing uh, too poorly. Uh, let's get back to me when I'm doing an exit interview with one of the uh, super fans uh, before Easter. Yeah, all right, that's that's fair. Then, and then we'll talk about super fans playing badly. But right now... I feel like uh, unless you want to count Nina as a super fan mm, and I'm not sure if we necessarily will. Um, I asked her about Christy Smith. She didn't seem like that. She had a uh, great working knowledge of survivor, the Amazon. So you said before Easter, uh, before Easter, do you think how many of those three will you have talked to? Hmm. When's the Easter? Like in two weeks? Uh, yeah, let's say I think it's in April the next fifth. I think it's so, Boy, uh, so who is it? Is it, is it uh, who is the third? It's Max Shireen. Who's the third person? And Dan. Dan. I mm-hmm. think I think Dan. I think one out of the three. I I, I talked to uh, before the Easter Bunny comes. Yeah, I'd say I'd say one out of three. I think Max and Shireen are going to do all right. Yeah, I think they're, they're they're super fans. They're trying really hard, but they seem really smart. So okay, that'll help. Let's take a question from Morgan Straddling, who wants to know about the dynamics of the Blue Collar Tribe. Here's Morgan. Hey Rob, this is Morgan Stradling, and I had a question about the blue-collar men. Usually on Survivor, it's the women that don't get along. And men, even though they may be in different alliances, seem to be okay with each other. But in this case, the men are at each other's throats. Anyway, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the situation, and where do you think this will lead? Thanks. That is pretty interesting that we typically see on Survivor where a lot of times, like, you know, the men are sticking together, and then it's, you know, they're, the women are sort of going against each other. Um, in this instance, we have, you know, it looks like the women are tight and the men might need to, you know, sort of scrap with each other. Although, coincidentally, in Survivor Kagiyan, this was also the dynamic that ultimately ended up forming in the Brains Tribe, where Cass, Jatia, and Tasha stuck together, um, or seemingly, uh, against David Sampson and then Garrett. Uh, although, it, it really wasn't that the three women were together. It was sort of like that the that Tasha and Jatia were together and then they ended up bringing in Cass instead of Garrett. And then it looked like they were tight. And then Spencer was able to work it out and to unseat Jatia as the bottom person in that three person alliance. Yeah. I think, you know, when you get these six person tribes, having a three person alliance is it, it's going to, you know, that's going to happen. And it's so easy to form the gender alliance. It seems like, you know, we've watched 30 seasons of survivor and how many times have we had a men's alliance or a women's alliance. It's just kind of the first thing that sticks out to connect you with somebody else that'll well, be like you. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, yeah, the gender alliance is a thing, you know, I think that that's not crazy to say that, you know, in, Social situations, it's not uncommon to see the men sort of stick together and the women sort of stick together. That's not that's not crazy to think. So um, I don't think there's anything crazy about that being a natural way that tribes sort of, you know, form off the bat on Survivor. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, when you get a three person gender line, it's almost like first to the mat. You know, the first three 
three person alliance that gets there, you're not going to have a tie. So if you're the first alliance, you're going to get one of those people that's not in your alliance to, to jump over. Like we saw on the, uh, you know, we saw there was a three person alliance on no collar and then Will Sims came over. So, yeah. You know, so first to the, first to the mat, you're going to have the advantage. You think those three women are in lockstep here? No, I don't think I, they don't seem like they're that close. It just seems like it's kind of a, a marriage of convenience. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I saw AJ Mass uh, this week at the Live Know It Alls, and he said, "Hey, after this double episode, we're going to be closing in on on thirteen. Yeah, there we go. Oh, there we go. So AJ Mass podcast coming up soon on Robinson Podcast. All right, uh, let's do one more question. This is from Chris in Commerce, Texas, who uh, left a lot of questions this week, but this is the one we're going to go with. All right, here's Chris. Hey, Rob, this is Chris Nichols from Commerce, Texas. My question is, what was Nina thinking? when she told her tribe that, Hey guys, um, maybe you should keep me because I was put on the wrong tribe and I'm nothing like you. Wasn't she just basically telling them that she was going to jump ship as soon as she got an opportunity. Tell me what you think. I'm still trying to make sense of it. Bye. Okay. Uh, That's a fair point. Um, now it's hard to really rationalize what people are saying at tribal council, but was the argument that, Hey, I just am a white collar person on a no collar tribe. Was that the wrong way for her to go? Yeah, I mean, that didn't really stick out to me as the wrong thing to say when she said it. But when now that he's pointed it out, it totally makes sense. Like, why would you alienate yourself like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it did make me think, like, what if they offered a mutiny or something? Because this this collar dynamic is so interesting. You have these people who are told, you're blue collar, you're blue collar. And, and they say it in all their confessionals. We're the blue collar tribe. We work hard. We're the no collar tribe. We're crazy. And so they start playing into that dynamic so much. Uh, it, it just, I mean, it's just like brains, bronze and beauty where you, where you're told you're one thing. And so you act like it. Hmm. That's interesting. Cause it, you couldn't quite do it with like, okay, we took a tribe of people that were like uh, attractive people and we told them that they were ugly. It's like that experiment <laughs> where it's like, uh, you know, you took people that are, you know, okay, we'll make these people, we told them they're the prisoners. We told these people they're the guards. Uh, and then they were like, the guards were like abusive to the prisoners. Like they basically like, because of what tribe they were on, they started acting differently. Um, interesting. Um, as far as what Nina said, I want, it would probably be better if she was like, hey, I have been a white collar person, but you know, I feel like I can be a no collar. I feel like my no collar side is coming out. That being said, I have a feeling she knew she was done for at that point and was sort of like in the sort of like post game press conference of the reason why I lost was because I'm a white collar person and they put me on a tribe with all these no collar people and I can't relate to them. I mean, she really didn't act very no collar. She, she would, wanted to be asked to go skinny dipping. Yeah, I mean, but would she have done it? No. <laughs> she didn't eat the lizard. She didn't go surfing. Yeah. You know, she 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 was just kind of there. She was with all those people. You know, she she really was the the square peg in the round hole. There you go. All right. So you ready to talk about some survivor social media? Oh, definitely. Okay. Uh, before we get to survivor social media, also. I know uh, it's technically social media. I posted a video that I talked about at the end of our last Survivor voicemail segment of a day in the life of what goes into a day of making the Survivor edition of Rob as a podcast. If you want to check out that behind the scenes video, first off, make a snack. It's about 25 minutes long. If you want to see what goes into making one episode of Rob as a podcast. And of course, this is a rare time where we split up the voicemails and the main interview. 
But if you want to see what went into the cast podcast with Jessica Lee's from a week ago, you can check out that video at robiswebsite.com slash my day. Robiswebsite.com slash my day. And now, here we go. Are you ready for social media? Let's do it. Here we go. Tweets, baby tweets, survivor tweets. They're better than a challenge when he not actually competes. Tweets. Yes. Uh, I want to hear the full version of that song. I love that song. Every Be- week. Better than up. a challenge where Nina actually competes. Well, we won't have very many of those <laughs> anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, jump, jump into uh, talking about uh, some first some, some Survivor news uh, this week. Uh, Russell Hance has announced on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted to his fans, uh, I will never play Survivor again. That's all. I love my fans and thanks, but it's over. Hashtag survivor. Oh, I don't believe that. So that's it. Nah, he's not hanging up the boots. Now, again, I don't know if Russell said that he's retiring. I think he might have just uh, <laughs> maybe read the tea leaves. Uh, but uh, yes, Russell is, says that uh, that he will never play survivor again. He didn't say he's retiring. He's just saying that he will never stating the fact he will never play survivor again. You can't fire me. I quit kind of thing. Uh, maybe, maybe. Yes. It's the, I'm breaking up with you. Uh, so Russell will never play survivor again. Okay. So some sad news, uh, this week. All right. So, uh, birthdays, uh, since the last time we did this, uh, my guest on Thursday, Dale Wentworth, uh, he had a birthday and so did, oh, uh, Jeff Kent. Oh, yes. thanks Obama. <laughs> yeah. Brian Heideck from survivor Thailand. Uh, he had a birthday. Iceman on March right. 9th. And so did uh, Eve Rojas and James Clement all celebrating birthdays on uh, March 9th. Johnny Fairplay had a big birthday. Johnny Fairplay turned 40 this week on March 11th. This is 40. Yes, Johnny Fairplay. That was the same day as the Survivor Know-It-Alls. How about that? So is that where Missy and Baylor were? Maybe they showed up at Johnny Fairplay's birthday instead of at the Survivor Know-It-Alls. Uh, also, uh, this in the last couple of days, uh, Grant Matos had his birthday. Uh, Grant Matos, only 33. Uh, turned 33 on March 12th. I would have thought he was older. Yeah, another professional athlete or, or college athlete at least. Yeah, I thought he was older than me. Yeah, young guy, young lad. Do you think he got a birthday card from Boston Rob? No, probably not. Hey, Grant, suck it up. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right, also speaking of Redemption Island, uh, Philip Shepard had the same birthday as Grant Matos, former tribe mates. Uh, Philip Shepard turns 56, 56 years young for Philip Shepard for the specialist. Do you think they knew they had the same birthday? Like, I, I guess, do you think like they talked about that? Is that one of the things that comes up? I bet it comes up. Why did they have a birthday alliance? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they did have an alliance. I mean, they were both in Stealth R Us. Yeah, but they could have had the birthday alliance, the uh, ice cream and no cake alliance. birthday alliances. That's it. Um, and then finally, uh, Kim Mullen, the great Kim Mullen. Uh, her birthday is also uh, this week. Oh, Kim Mullen. One of, one, one of the memorables. Okay. All right, so <laughs> let's see. Are you ready for the uh, which is the real Rupert tweet? Oh, yes, this game's awesome. Okay, here we go. Uh, what's the real Rupert tweet from this week? Okay, here we go. Uh, tweet number one. Uh, did Rupert tweet, when Jeff Probst puts out your fire, that's a long, hard walk when you leave. Okay? All right. All right, uh, number two. Anyone who didn't see that coming at tonight's tribal council. Okay. Uh, number right. three. So is that a question or was that? Yes. Did that question. End in question. question. All right. 
Uh, I know it's phrased weird. Anyone who didn't see that coming at tonight's tribal council. <laughs> it's kind of a Yoda tweet. Yeah, there's probably uh, an extra who in there that doesn't need to be in there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the game is getting too easy. Wells, lots of food, immunity idols. Jeez, what is there to survive? <laughs> well, existential. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, and number four. The game is 39 days long, but there can only be one winner. Number four. That's that's true. Yes. All right. Uh, So it's between one and three for me. All right. So you want to hear those again? Yeah, let me hear one and three again. When Jeff Probst puts out your fire, that's a long, hard walk when you leave. Uh, And then the, the number three is the game is getting too easy. Wells, lots of food. Immunity idols. Jeez. What is there to survive? It seems a little long for a tweet. So I'm going to go with one. Okay. Number one, when Jeff Probst puts out your fire, that's a long, hard walk. When you leave Uh, long, hard walk. And that is a real Rupert tweet. Yes. If you're playing along at home, uh, the fake Rupert tweet was uh, the game is 39 days long. But there can only be one winner. Rupert did not. Rupert might tweet that this week, but he did not. He did not tweet that this past Wednesday night. Yeah. That, well, that may, you know, that one's a little basic. Yeah. <laughs> well, on the note. All right. Yeah. So we'll play again uh, next week. All right. Oh, man. Uh, Jervis at say Jerv. He tweeted uh, just shooting in the dark here. But YouTube sensation doesn't seem like a very active job. Will. Well, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I Maybe maybe Will can sell the uh, what's the head shaver that the Jervis sells? <laughs> headblade. Yeah, maybe he can make a viral video. Yeah, I, I went to that headblade site once and I had Facebook ads for like two months for that thing. <laughs> Jervis is a, such an uh, advertising mogul. Yeah, it's social media. Okay, uh, Farm Guy sixty nine. He tweeted, uh, "The Howler Monkeys win the naked contest." Hashtag Monkey Balls. <laughs> oh my god! There you gonna, was you gonna look at those things. Oh my god, they were hanging some brain for sure. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That, oh my that's god. I, I enjoyed that scene. I thought that was really funny. I would have been right there with Shireen. I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. What else? Do you, what else are you gonna do? You're just, you know, you're sitting out there. You're bored. Watch some monkey porn. Yes. Um, Eliza, she was there in the audience. She caused a big stir on Twitter, tweeting about what collar I am. But she also tweeted, "I was worried about not being able to hear the show, but apparently, 300 Survivor fans can shut up and watch the show." So. <laughs> Everybody was <laughs> behaved for Eliza. So eloquent. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, Vetus uh, tweeted, Survivor's a tough game to endure, uh, even with the senses intact. Uh, much props to at Nina Porsche uh, for representing the hearing impaired. Uh, some uh, kneecap sucking on Twitter from Vetus. Vetus, yeah. you should totally come to yoga. <laughs> yes, kneecap sucking. Nina, you should totally come to yoga. Nina, you should totally come to yoga. Uh, Otis uh, took a different approach. Uh, He tweeted, that might have been the most boring episode of Survivor I've ever seen. (laughs) Oh, come on. Aris said, uh, well, Aris is the uh, authority on boring Survivor, right? Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, Also, uh, Aris said, uh, plugging holes is my third favorite passion. There you go. <laughs> All those whole line. That's a good line. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think there was a strategy with that challenge. I was watching it last night. And I think the strategy is to 
is to tilt the bucket backwards and then place your whole palm over as many holes as you can. Ooh. Okay. That's how I would have done it. I wouldn't have sent anybody back. I would have done my strategy. Yeah. All right. Here's a survivor penner. He tweeted survivor worlds apart. So one of the white girls didn't vote for Nina. They have no cohesion. Wow. They really aren't communicating at all. Um, I think that was more of a split vote than uh, lack of communication. So you think they were worried about the idol there? <laughs> yeah, I think that that was an issue where they tried to uh, split the idol. I think that Vince told people that Nina had a fake idol. A fake idol? I wouldn't be too or worried a about idol. Idol. <laughs> a real idol. A real idol. Also, Penner said, Nina speaks up. Good for her. And yet Haley has a flow going. She's a fascist. <laughs> what? Whoa. <laughs> whoa fascist wow yeah uh and then penner also said wow monkey sex she's pulling a dawson uh, uh that's a dawson 1.0 oh man yes uh real billy Dawson's garcia Creek. real billy garcia uh that he tweeted i know what it's like to have someone i barely know joke with me and tell me we're old buddies didn't fly with me either who's he talking about uh i don't know candace <laughs> I don't know. Was that a joke? I don't know. They love him. Yeah. I love you, Billy. Okay. Um, and then uh, Billy also said previously on survivor dingling and hoo-ha everywhere. Hashtag orgy Island. <laughs> wow. That's a different show. It's a different show. Okay. It's hashtag orgy Island. I, I wouldn't want to see what's tweeted with that hashtag. <laughs> orgy Island. Don't click that at work. Will is Billy Garcia. The first person they use the hashtag orgy <laughs> orgy island. Uh, no, no, he is not. Uh, yes. And that is NSFW. <laughs> Shocker. Not the now first maybe- time Billy Garcia has used. Uh, now, is that how he got so many Twitter followers? <laughs> Follow Friday. <laughs> FF orgy island. FF orgy island. <laughs> yes. That is bad. Uh, I think this might be the most uh, NSFW Hashtag I've ever looked at at Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Don't go to that at work. Definitely. Yes. Now, didn't didn't Billy Garcia say he's in a lot of online communities? <laughs> yes. Also, I'm looking at the top tweets for Orgy <laughs> Island. Uh, Billy Garcia, nowhere to be found. So he's uh, oh. a lot. A lot of pictures of the Clintons, uh, surprisingly, here. Uh, <laughs> not to bring this back to our House of Cards uh, chat, but apparently uh, the uh no actually billy garcia is uh, a little further down he's right underneath a picture of uh bill clinton and hillary clinton well, how does that work did they go on vacation somewhere or something yeah i think this was a um i think that bill clinton was associated somehow with this uh that's house of cards season four uh <laughs> now i did not ever go to orgy island uh that is just another one of these lies that you hear about people uh, that uh, Miss Dunbar's throwing, <laughs> throwing, trying to throw something at me. That I went to Orgy Island. Uh, that is not true. Do we know anything about the Clinton Secret Service? Uh, yeah. Well, I think that this. Uh, I think this is something I have to do with it, like an airplane and something like that. Uh, all, all the kind of stuff that I that I uh, try not to read about. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm W H W says, uh, "Dear Survivor contestants, this week." We'd prefer if the majority of you uh, kept the majority of your clothes on. Fondly, America. Yeah. And, you know, cover up with that belt if you need to. Yes. Yes. 
Um, Abby Maria says, uh, stop hating on the at Shirin people. Uh, the, that talking monkey scene was rad. It was great. It was hilarious. Okay. And Julie Berry also said, uh, at Julie Berry 438 says plugging holes. Is that what the kids are calling it? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'll hold my jokes. Yeah. Uh, Julie Berry. There you go. All right. And let's go ahead and uh, get to some uh, tweets from the current survivors. All right. See. Uh, Dan, he tweeted to Rodney underscore Boston uh, says, uh, I love your mama too. Hashtag I suck. (laughs) Yeah. He, you know, he probably felt bad that that got on TV. Yes, I'd I'd regret that for sure. Yeah. Uh, Max Dawson also said, uh, well, that was a waste of an hour. Somebody text me when the brilliant hot guy with the epic beard is back on the show. Oh, bad edit. <laughs> Max okay. already concerned about his edit. All right. Uh, a couple other tweets from the RJP community. Uh, Haymaker Hattie tweeted, uh, did Rodney just blatantly mess with Texas? That's oh, a mistake yeah. I hear. Yeah. Mike's uh, Mike's board shorts. Very Texas. Like almost like Colby made those board shorts. Yes. I think that Colby's Texas flag was used <laughs> to construct. It's like that uh, we had Mike and Dan going completely different directions where Mike said, uh, I want the biggest bathing suit ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Dan said, uh, uh, your mother's a whore and I'll take the smallest uh, mantis you can make. Yeah, that's whatever fabric is left over from Mike's bathing suit. <laughs> eh, maybe you could make that into some mantis. Yeah, I mean, Mike's Mike's bathing suit kind of shows what his game is going to be, and that's full tilt. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I only know one way how to make a bathing suit, and that's full tilt. <laughs> full tilt. I'll customize a bathing suit for you. <laughs> full tilt bathing suit. Okay. All right, and then uh, Keith Dixon said, uh, "I feel like the live know it alls deserved a better Survivor episode than that." I thought that was a, you know, I mean, it wasn't a shocking episode, but it was, it was fun. I, it was I just, am, it was, the episode was fine. It was the boot was on the nose. Yeah. I mean, that, that's true, but it was, you know, for some of the pre-merge episodes that we've seen, it, it was fine. I, I like that we had a lot of laugh out loud moments in the big fight. Um, I'm, I'm more pro this episode than most people are, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that survivor is always tricky in the pre-merge, you know, hard to have a great, pre-merge episode you know sometimes you just have it's you know a little bit when there's a predictable boot and what what are you gonna do so um you know i don't think it's an indictment on the season or anything like that i just think it was sort of a uh one that you in in the words of rupert um well anyone who didn't see that coming (laughs) yeah the the, the yoda question yeah Mm, when jeff probes puts out your fire uh, that's a long, hard walk when you leave. Mm. <laughs> uh, do, do you think they would have been better served doing the double episode last week? No, I think there's probably a reason because it, it's weird that they're doing the double episode this week because uh, that survivors should not be impacted by the March Madness on a Wednesday. Correct. I mean, I'm not a bracketologist like yourself, but there is no March Madness that is interfering with the Wednesday night, right? I mean, there is the opening round games, but, but those aren't on CBS. On CBS. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't think Survivor's been impacted by March Madness in you know a number Since of years. They moved Since moved it to Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. So I don't really understand why they needed to do it. So I wonder if it's the theory that I floated that maybe episode four is a boring episode and they don't want people to start saying like, oh, this season is boring. 
Um, or if it's something, uh, you know, something happens, it doesn't, or they just looked at the schedule and they started so late they need to make up. Uh, but it's weird that they don't do one episode with two boots. Yeah. No, it definitely seems like they started a little bit later than they usually do. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for the double episode because, uh, you know, call Missy and Baylor, but Wednesday night is my birthday. Whoa. Okay. We'll see if they just show up. Also, I think that the other news that this will do, I think that this is probably going to leave you now with a survivor finale. If you're trying to make plans to go to the survivor finale, I'm going to predict RHAP is forecasting a survivor finale now on Wednesday, May 20th, as opposed to it potentially being on Wednesday, May 27th. So I think that's going to be the last Wednesday before Memorial Day. Yeah. Getting it in May. There you go. Getting it in May. Okay. So, uh, Zach Brooks, uh, great job. If you want to hear more of Zach and I talk about politics and not Orgy Island, uh, you can go ahead and listen to our House of Cards recap of all of season three on postshowrecaps.com. Yeah, it, it was a great season. I had, a, I had a lot of fun recapping it with you. We really dug deep. We really did dug, dig deep. All right. Um, Zach, we need a hashtag for this episode. Do not give us Orgy Island. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think we should use Orgy Island. Uh, I feel like it's got to come back around to either the March Madness bracket or Celebrity Jeopardy. <laughs> Why don't we just go with uh, hashtag uh, Dan Connery? Dan Connery. Okay. All right. All yeah. right. And uh, I wonder uh, where else we can go. Maybe can we give him like a 007 name. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah shake and not stirred yes there you go all right uh follow zach on twitter he's at brooks za and uh, zach great job and good luck on your brackets oh yeah you too i hope uh hope yours are good all right take care buddy yep bye all right everybody there you have it zach brooks here on rob has a podcast on our belated survivor voicemail segment from episode number three all right we don't have much of a break in between now and the two-hour survivor event I recorded a podcast with Spicen about the very exciting season finale of Marriage Bootcamp Reality Stars with Spencer and Tyson. So you're going to want to check that out on Rob's podcast if you haven't heard uh, what happened in that episode. Some exciting news uh, that came out of that episode of Marriage Bootcamp that we discussed at length uh, on the podcast. Also, we are going to get into our finale coverage of King of the Nerds. I did on my Amazing Race exit interview as well today. Plus, this week we will get into sorting out the new cast of Big Brother Canada. That is coming up as well for you guys later on this week. They're doing basically, I think, six people a day or something like that. Over there announcing the cast very slowly. So once we have the full cast announced, we will bring you a preview of the Big Brother Canada three cast with our podcast coverage kicking off next week. But probably I'll preview the cast probably something like Friday once we get all of the names announced. So a lot to do. Podcast uh, Survivor Know-It-Alls coming up on Wednesday night and then all of the post-Survivor stuff coming on Thursday. And then No Amazing Race uh, this week because of March Madness. But still a lot to do here on Rob Has a Podcast. So... Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.